0: Second Captains listeners Hey there Myself and Murph Just sneaking in Ahead of today's podcast Because we're looking For your help with something Just sidle on in here With me Murph Plenty of room Here I am um. (laughs) on Sneaking in here Today marks the beginning Of our campaign To fill the NCH For one in four This is all about The event we're staging On April 20th In the National Concert Hall In Dublin Called The Making of Where is George Gibney Every penny we raise Will go to one in four Which is an incredible charity That provides Professional counselling To adult survivors Of childhood sexual abuse A fair few of you have already bought tickets, but this is a big old venue, and we've still got a lot of work to do to fill the place out, which is really, really what we want to do here. So, please, if you're a fan of the BBC Sound Series, where is George Gibney? I know many of you were. Then grab yourselves a ticket today.
1: Yeah, and uh, oh, and don't forget, uh, if anyone you know is a fan, get on to them and let them know. Tell your non-second captains listening, friends, and family, as much as you disagree with their life choices for not listening to the show every yeah, week. Yeah,
0: do, do have a word about that while you're on the phone to them. But of continue, course, <laughs> but tell them that this special night is coming up and the tickets yeah. are. Available. The event will be presented by Sinead O'Carroll. It's going to feature the likes of Gary O'Toole, Trish Kearney, Johnny Watterson, Mark Horgan and many others who are connected to this story and help make Where is George Gibney? one of the biggest international podcasts of the last few years. So let's do this thing, okay? The making of Where is George Gibney? Once again, all proceeds going to one in four. Tickets are €40. You'll be supporting a really, really, really good cause and enjoying a brilliant show all at the same time. So you can go to secondcaptains.com or nch.ie for tickets. Spread the word and please help us fill the NCH H for one and four. We need you to do this. So thank you for listening to this little message, and thank you so much to all of you who've already jumped on board. Now, on with today's show. is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home. those does, 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 does twenty-five.
1: I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good lad.
0: So he's almost like having a second captain in the team? <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Alright, the George Hamilton Piano Man video is now up on our social media and I would highly recommend if you need a little pick-me-up at any point today or maybe you're already feeling good, you just want to feel even better about life, (laughs) then give yourselves a couple of minutes to watch this clip in its entirety. It's a feel-good sensation. Hey, Murph.
1: Hey, how's it going? I've, I've watched it numerous times. I've listened to Piano Man by Billy Joel more times than perhaps is healthy for a human being in the last uh, five or six days and I have to say I feel absolutely
0: bloody amazing this I morning I have been listening to a fair bit of Billy Joel since as well Murph. I hope, uh, hope, hope word reaches the big man mm. that there's been a, an explosion in interest in, in Ireland
1: there's, uh, there's got to be at least you know 20 cents coming his way if we continue our current rate of playing <laughs> for another three to four years
0: for any of you who haven't heard about this yet, it was one of many highlights of our run at the Liberty Hall this month. George Hamilton, the voice of Irish football, also has a hell of a singing voice, as he revealed, to a crowd of World Service members who lapped up every si- second and sang along with every word. It is impossible to overstate the reaction this moment got in the room. Give it a little blast there, Simon. I'll just shut up for a few seconds.
1: Sing us the
0: song,
1: in the piano band. Sing us
0: to song tonight. Got us feeling all right Sing us a song you the piano
1: man Sing us a song Yeah, as
0: Yvonne Judge said on Twitter A nation holds the note <laughs> And they really bloody
1: did as well They
0: did, yeah, no, a few, few fine Well, certainly a lot of loud voices from the crowd
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, but there's just something about you know, the the, the, the nature of crowds that, you know, if enough people are singing, it actually sounds pretty good. Even yeah. if there's not that many good singers. I mean, you'd have to think in a crowd of 450 people, there'd have to be at, le- at least 200 who could, like, semi carry a note, uh, which yeah. should drown out the terrible singers, i.e., me and you. Uh, at least we managed to stay as far away from a microphone as possible oh I wasn't
0: putting that microphone anywhere near anywhere near my mouth but I was because we were certainly singing oh yeah you you couldn't not I just watched it for the 37th time today and there's this amazing moment where uh, you see these two lads in the front row and one just gently puts his arm around the other and gives him a look as if to say can you believe this this is (laughs) absolutely what about your reaction this is one of my favourite bits Wow, wow. I've never, ever seen you react like that or heard you react like that to anything I've done. (laughs) Not even my warmest McTepa take. This is the most tepid McTepa take. It's got I you know, so excited! Just, wow, wow, wow! Listen, you, oh you,
1: you're the king of the Segway, but it's hard to get excited about a Segway. You know? That's all I'm saying, you know. It would
0: interrupt the flow of the show, so somewhat if you got if you react like that to every yeah, Segway I do,
1: unbelievable. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that was just top class stuff. Kieran Quinn was the piano man on stage there, and his brilliant band in support of George Hamilton. They were as excited as we were. I don't think you know it's just so. Especially Kieran, who's a big football fan as well. Luke Devaney on harmonica. I, I was saying to Luke afterwards, I was there going, "That was she's well done." Obviously, you've you must have done that song loads over the years and he said first time <laughs> so as we said in our other <laughs> podcast today these musicians are are talented adapt- bastards yeah say.
1: they're they're an adaptable crew
0: yeah Ronan Leonard says it's one of the happiest things I've ever heard Ian Lynham this might be the most enjoyable podcast I've ever listened to which is high praise indeed for George Hamilton's So here, that whole interview, you've got to be a World Service member. You can sign up for five euro a month plus VAT to get access to that one and to all the other interviews that we've played from our six nights, six incredible nights at the Liberty Hall and more to come as well, we should say as well, more stuff to come from the Liberty Hall. Hopefully all this excitement is getting our London listeners in the mood for our big show over there in May. Thanks as always to O'Hara's Irish Craft Beers and a big thanks to our friends in Hyatt-centric, the Liberties, for looking after our guests this year. They're not just based in Dublin. They've also got sister hotels in Galway. Oh, what a city Galway is, Murph. Oh, would i would love to be
1: there right now on, in the
0: sunshine? And oh, yeah. So visit HudsonBaygroup.com and check out some of the great deals they have there. Most importantly, thanks to all our members for making the night so special over both legs mm. of the, the March run. It's been absolutely phenomenal stuff. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Oisin and Flynn uh, Flynn, Flynn does have a first name, um, but I suppose O'Shane has a second name, and I didn't use that one. So we're going to talk to Oshin and Flynn. Uh, of fair bit to talk to them about. We a bit of a super Sunday yesterday in, in Gaelic football.
1: Yeah, uh, just dra- just insane levels of drama and kind of, well, maybe we we might have hoped for a drama, but we weren't expecting the amount of drama that uh, that came our way, um, because I think really at heart. Before the weekend began a lot of people looked at last week's results Dublin pretty good in beating Donegal Monaghan woeful in getting hammered by Kildare and thought actually you know we can probably try and build up this Dublin Monaghan game but the respective trajectories of the two teams would suggest that Dublin will probably
0: and, do the, and the, this do is the effectively here. a relegation playoff the winner of this team was going to avoid relegation the loser was going to be relegated
1: yeah, yeah, I mean there was a slim chance that the winner might stay up, but certainly if you lost you were you were heading down. Um and then you know the the Dublin team flashes up, uh, you know, one or two late changes and you realize they've got everyone here with the exception of Callan. <laughs> this is the strongest Dublin team possible. Um and so taking all that into account, Dublin getting relegated is a stunning moment in modern football. Um like the drama of it was brilliant like but you know like Dublin went 4-1 up um and that with the actual team that was out in the field you're thinking okay this actually is a bit of a statement this is, uh, isn't alone them staying up it might also be you know we haven't gone away you know yeah and so to lose the game from that position with that team out to a Monaghan team who were missing a number of their key men uh robbed it like in the last in the last kind of couple of hours before the game uh, Conor McManus doesn't start. You know, that's the, the starkest reminder of where Dublin are now. And, you know, it, we should... It's a twin-track conversation here because, you know, for all that Dublin did wrong, I mean, Jack McCarron's display for Monaghan yesterday was just... It was just sens- absolutely sensational. A masterclass. And he absolutely destroyed Michael Fitzsimons. The second week in a row where Fitzsimons has been destroyed. After Paddy M- McBearty, like. And Paddy McBrity on a Donegal team who are clueless, who didn't know what mm. they wanted to do with the ball for long stages of that game. Um, McBrity like took Fitzsimmons to the cleaners last week, and like that alone, you know, it's like you 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 start you have to start thinking now not of the names but of the performances. Oh, know?
0: I saw I saw Niall Scully being beaten for pace at one stage, and i Conor thinking, McCarthy,
1: yeah, just yeah. T- turned him inside and out for a really good point in the first just, half as well, but, yeah
0: burst through yeah I think it was when he fisted it over the bar afterwards you're thinking whoa what the We what, what? can't really legislate for that but it was uh, yeah the, uh, like you said it's it's twin you know it's a, it's a two part conversation because the Dublin moment is huge and I guess a lot of people maybe thought the pressure was off or that they were going to turn it around and start feeling pretty good going into the championship they're not going to be re- playing Division 2 football next year and you know, it's funny, there was a moment on, on League Sunday yesterday where they were talking about Limerick getting promoted from Division 3 and Dublin and Limerick are now in the same division of Gaelic football, you know, which seems yeah. kind of bizarre, but just shows how, how, what can happen when teams go on different trajectories. Monaghan, though, you, you know, you don't overlook how big oh. a moment this was for them because they've been doing it every year, the last three years, right? They've been near enough relegated and they pulled it out of the fire.
1: Yeah, well, uh, Malachy uh, Clerkin tweeted this yesterday. So three years in the last six that Monaghan were relegated going into injury time in the last game and they've stayed up every time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, like, that's three injury time saves to save yourself from, from relegation. And that's just... That's a hell of a survivor instinct, you know? Yeah. And as I say, like, I'd completely written them off after losing so heavily to Clare last week. Uh, and I mean, written them off not just from the, from the Dublin game yesterday... But out of contention for Ulster, and finally, that this would be the year that Monaghan stopped the, you know, this unbelievable record that they have of being at the business end of the Championship year after year after year, despite, you know, tiny playing uh, population, despite all of the disadvantages that they have, that they would eventually come back down to earth uh, and kind of find their level again. And for them to come out with a performance as good as that, because they were they played some brilliant stuff yesterday. Even with all of Dublin's kind of defensive frailties, they played some brilliant stuff again without their talisman Conor McManus. And you know, like yes, last last week I was thinking they go into Division Two. There's no guarantee that they boss Division Two by any manner of means, and the slide could keep going. You know that we have seen teams like them once they drop out of Division One find it really hard to kind of arrest the slide. So, I mean, you know, it is extraordinary what they've done. Uh, they stay up. Um, Kildare and Dublin
0: go down. And just, on before we get to other teams, Jack McCarron, as you said, scored two goals and six points, I think. I think it was 2-6 yes. he ended up with, including... An unbelievable lob, a, a one-on-one, a Raúl type lob. You know, if you yeah. think of Raoul's little <laughs> short distance lob goals. That he used to score quite a lot of with a bit of backspin. There was a little bit of that going on with his goal. He scored a point. He scored points off both feet. So one yeah. of those players that you're looking at going, is he what? Oh, I mean, he's left footed. That's what he's, that's what he, he's that's left what he's
1: footed, with two brilliant scores on the loop, uh, with his right foot, Coming which in ways, right. yeah, which is actually a more difficult skill uh, than you know kicking with your right while running running straight towards goal, but kind of just fa- having to favour your right-hand side. Like, that's an easier skill to perfect than
0: really kicking it round the corner, as he did for his two yeah, points it's proper with his technique. right foot. Dean Rock equalised late on with a penalty, so was totally in the balance at that stage, and then McCarron pops up and scores the winning point. So, pretty extraordinary for him.
1: And you know my feelings about TG Carr. You know how the depth of my love for TG Car's GA uh, output, but they actually, they actually got it wrong yesterday. Uh, a graphic came up Saying that the If the dubs drew That the, it would be enough For them to stay up uh, Like I actually loved The red zone coverage That they that they did yesterday But I feel it only right That for all Of the <laughs> shy talk About my Undisputed love For TJ Garrett That I do actually mention That uh, with two minutes to go In injury time We were being informed That Dublin were staying up As it stood And that actually Wasn't the case No they, need, but, they
0: needed to win as well So both teams still needed To win at that point
1: Yes uh, yeah. exactly So as it happened McCarran's free uh didn't relegate Dublin. Dublin were relegated as uh, as it was, um, but it did relegate Kildare uh, and save Monaghan. So uh, you're looking at Division One next year with three Connacht teams and no Leinster team.
0: No, oh, I know. Uh, That's why I'm not that worried about the, this so-called Dublin's demise. Murph I mean, we're still going to win Leinster. <laughs> yeah, and like, see, this is
1: this is the thing. You know that, like, even looking around the province, uh, like six teams were relegated from their division this year, and five of them were from Leinster. Louth and Westmead in Division 3 are the only Leinster teams to have won more games than they lost in any of the divisions. And even at that, that's an unbelievable achievement for Louds. Two consecutive promotions in a row under Mickey Hart. Uh, Sam Mulroy, maybe the form footballer in the country at the moment. Like, it, extraordinary numbers he's putting up. But that... The, uh, those four wins for West is still a sickening disappointment for them not to get promoted. So you're kind of looking around, looking at teams that have any sort of positivity going into the into the championship. Mead won two, drew two, lost three mm-hmm. in, divi- in Division 2. You know, th- all is not well in Mead football, not by a long stretch. McElhinney. They were a relegation fodder up until kind of last week. So... You know, you're, you're scratching around looking for someone to actually beat the Dubs. I mean, you can say Kildare did really well, and they did. They played a lot of really good football in Division 1. It still ended with five points and relegation. And, you know, the, you, you can take it a couple of different ways. Kildare looked best placed for sure, but it's not like they're in on a massive crest of a wave. Yeah. And yesterday was their, you know, their heaviest defeat in the division as well. So even they, they couldn't even take like a last day win it, you know Even despite relegation Into the Championship So You know For all Like for all of the concerns You're still looking at Dublin More than likely get You know Walking into an Ireland quarter
0: final—that's the Super Sunday stuff, which we'll be talking to two guys about. But there's also this ongoing row, this GPA GA issue uh, over expenses, which is—it's been rumbling on for a little while now. With all the live shows, so we haven't had a chance to cover it as we normally would. Mm. But I—I'm I, not too concerned about that because there, it feels like there are plenty of legs left in this story. If everything I read about it,
1: yeah. The, well, the nub of the disagreement, really briefly, is that whereas in 2019 expenses were payable. To players for as many sessions or matches they were uh, asked to attend, the GA has imposed a limit of four, and any sessions beyond that you got to negotiate locally with county boards, and basically that's it. The players want to be paid for every training ses- session that they that they attend, and the GA are looking on this maybe as a chance to try and turn the tide in relation to the amount of money that's being spent by county boards mm. on the preparation of teams. And obviously, we'll be getting into this mastery with Ushin and with Paul Flynn, who's really well placed to to talk to us about it. Obviously, it's GPA um, background, yeah, yeah, with his GPA background, of course. So, um, you know, it's it, like so much of it is uh, so much of like say watching the, uh, and I mean, I, I suppose we should talk about sort of the GPA's motivations and all of this. They're eager to sort this expenses row, um, and but I don't think that they don't care about the overtraining of their members, which is kind of how it's being painted by some people. Uh, you know, they, they published an ESRI report a number of years ago. Uh, that was in 2019 as well, saying that, you know, players are spending 31 hours a week uh, in preparation for their intercounty career, which just is, you know, an extraordinary number. Um, uh, and, you know, we should be looking on this expenses round, maybe as a chance for that to be normalized in some way. But I think what the GPA are saying is that the urgent has to overtake the important here. That the GA will agree a new players charter with the GPA a lot quicker than they'll face down the all conquering, all encompassing power of the intercounty manager, which is what this boils down to. The GPA want to be paid for their expenses for every training session, and you know the the uh, the GA think it's easier. To hit the GPA with this than it is to actually say to intercounty managers here's how many training sessions you're allowed now you now you have to deal with your county board who will enforce this and yeah. that's the big that's the big why issue is that so complicated why is that not a fairly straightforward thing to do because the intercounty manager uh doesn't care about you know uh, their players getting flogged if they think that they're that flogging them is going to get results they're there for three or four years mm. they don't care about you know the the long term Effects over 20 or 30 years of a player's life on asking them to put on hold basically everything in their life to be an intercounty manager. They just want results, that's it. I
0: know, I know but I mean, if you just put a rule in place and say, tough, you can't train them like that anymore, see you later. I, 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 I can possibly see where you might go with this, that not all managers would. <laughs> and that's <laughs> to it. Toe the line on that particular one.
1: Infor- enforcement is something that just people aren't interested in, you know? Um, uh, and, you know, I have to say that all the, t- the talk of this... Uh, you know the minutiae of you know there's an 18 cent subvention that crow park pay and then there's another like minuscule figure being discussed uh to take into account that the players in the six counties are being paid in pounds not uh euros i'm looking at just how um strictly this is paid and everything i'm like god wouldn't it be an idea to do this with the, the team's managers as well I mean you'd have to have an awful lot of sympathy for players when they when they see like the strictness of what they what they're negotiating and then the absolute wild west stuff that's going on with intercounty managers you know <laughs> and like this and this is it and they like that is the kind of the the key fault line along all this I mean if everyone is getting paid to a very strict uh, structure then I think that the players maybe will be able to say well listen if you're looking for savings then we'll uh, bear the uh, our percentage of the brunt, but you know, everyone for everyone else, it's you know an unregulated um, free for all, mm. uh, and so uh, you know, I the it can be very easy to hit out at the GPA. It can be very, and I mean, I, I it's not that I agree with the GPA on on most things or even many things, but you would have to say that this is one area where they're saying, well, listen, if if we're going to stick around and wait for you guys to come up with a rule whereby every county is going to be have a capped number of training sessions per week then we'll be waiting until doomsday. So let's just get us paid uh, the expenses that we were getting paid in 2019 before COVID. And then you can carry on with the work, which is going to be a lot slower and a lot more excruciating uh, that it takes to get inter-county managers in line and not have situations where Jack O'Connor is asking two players who played for... Uh, Trilli it in the Sigerson to drive 200 kilometres up to Tipperary an hour later to play the last 15 mm. minutes of a McGrath Cup game, which is what happened in January. So you know, like that's the that's the nub of the argument I feel, and something that we will get into with the lads tomorrow.
0: We will, yeah. O'Sheen, McConville, and Paul Flynn, to give them their full names, are going to be on the show tomorrow for members only. So second if you want to sign up to be part of the world service. Thanks, Kieran. Thank you, On. Thanks, Mill, for listening. Chat soon. It's
1: the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to the persuade there's a world outside of that. That's why sport's important.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.